say thank you very much for Steve leading the service this morning. So we just bow in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you that you are a God who is victorious, that you rose from the dead and that we come this morning before a living Saviour. We pray most gracious Lord now that you are still and quiet in our hearts, that you will speak to us, uplift us, encourage us, bless us and challenge us this morning we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In the church calendar today is Pentecost. Pentecost, the day when the Spirit came. Pentecost was one of the Jewish annual feasts. The first of the annual feasts was the Passover or the unleavened bread. It commemorated the deliverance of the Jewish people from Egypt, from their years of slavery. But it was also a time of looking forward to another greater event and that greater event was Calvary when the Lord Jesus Christ, God's Son, would come and die to set his people free. Free from Satan, free from the slavery of sin. The second feast is the feast of Pentecost, Leviticus chapter 23. This feast of Pentecost is also called the Feast of Weeks, <coughs> excuse me, and the Feast of Harvest, or the Feast of the First Fruits. At this time of the year, the Jews brought the first fruits of harvest to the temple, to the house of God. They came praising and saying thank you to God for another harvest. They brought the first fruits of harvest. The first fruits are the best of harvest. They came and they gave their best to God. Again, this is also a picture of our Lord's resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15:20. For now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. The feast of Pentecost took place on the 50th day after the Sabbath of Passover week. All males had to attend these particular feasts. We read in Exodus chapter 23 there are time, sorry, three times in the year all thy males shall appear before the Lord thy God. Children would attend those feasts when they became 12 years old. You turn to Luke chapter 2 and verse 42 and you read when Jesus was 12 he went up to the temple according to the customs. The Lord Jesus Christ kept the laws of the Old Testament when he walked this earthly scene. On the first day of the week, Jesus rose from the dead. He ever lives, never to die again. 
on the first day of the week the Holy Spirit came came as Jesus promised and this is why the early church and today we keep Sunday as a special day it is the day to celebrate these two great events one the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and secondly the day of Pentecost when God sent his Holy Spirit we come together to encourage one another to encourage one another in the fact that we have a living Saviour we come here this morning to worship a God who is alive we come together to encourage one another that God gives to us his Holy Spirit to empower us to live for him and to serve him we sometimes sing an old hymn children of the heavenly king as we journey let us sing sing our saviour's worthy praise glorious in his works and ways Pentecost was the end of the barley harvest it was the beginning of the wheat harvest a time to rejoice a time to give thanks to God Leviticus 23 it was a reminder to the Jews harvest and holiness goes together harvest and holiness goes together they could not express their dedication and their thanks to God while being indifferent to the needs of their neighbours what a challenge for us today praise God and thank him but we are not to be indifferent to the needs of men and women round about us but then what is the significance of Pentecost for us today it is a day when we remember the coming of the Holy Spirit I want first of all to look at the promise of the Holy Spirit to look at the promise of his coming the Bible is full of promises I've been told that one commentator estimated that there are over 3,000 promises in the Bible that God has made to his people. But I just look at one this morning concerning the Holy Spirit. And that is in Ezekiel chapter 36. God made this promise to his people. He said, A new heart also I will give you, and a new spirit I will put within you, and cause you to walk in my ways. He also, there are promises in Deuteronomy and in the Psalms and in Isaiah concerning the promise of God's Holy Spirit coming onto his people. In John chapter 16, Jesus, the Son of God, was reinforcing what God the Father had already promised. Jesus was preparing his disciples here for the time when he would return uh, to his Father in heaven. Verse 5, he said, I must return to him who sent me. The disciples had been with Jesus for about three years and they had been very close to him and now they were hearing Jesus say I'm going away they were very upset 
they were very disturbed but Jesus when Jesus said I will believe in you Jesus knew how they were feeling Jesus understood the pain that was in their hearts but also the Lord Jesus Christ still knows how we feel he understands each one of us he knows how we're feeling this morning he knows if we're disappointed or discouraged he knows if we're downcast he knows if we're feeling sorrow or loneliness as he understood the needs and the pains of those disciples so many years ago he understands my needs and yours one writer puts it like this he knows he loves he cares nothing this truth can dim he gives the very best to those who leave the choice to him Jesus said because I have said these things unto you sorrow fills your heart I must go for I have finished the work my father gave me to do and within a few days he would complete that task when he gave himself a sacrifice for man's sin upon Calvary's cross and he cried from that cross it is finished it wasn't a cry of despair of disappointment it was a triumphant cry he cried aloud it is finished the work of salvation was now complete he said I must go so that the comforter can come if he did not go back to the father the Holy Spirit could not come Christ's presence on earth was limited to one place at one time his leaving meant he could be present to the whole world through the Holy Spirit Sangster wrote he undertakes for Christ while Christ is away in heaven Jesus said I will send him unto you the promise of the Father the promise of the Son we have the fulfilment of that promise at Pentecost the first Pentecost after the resurrection the Holy Spirit came but let us look for a moment at the person of the Holy Spirit the person of the Holy Spirit the person he is not just simply an influence he is an influence but not he's more than that he's not just a mighty power he's more than that he is a person the Holy Spirit can be known as God the Father is known as God the Son is known John 14:7 we can know the spirit verse 17 of John 16 the spirit of truth the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him and he lives in you and he abides in you as we look at this particular chapter here we see that Jesus refers over and over again to the person of the Holy Spirit you count the times he refers to the Holy Spirit as him 
or he. He said, I will send him. He will guide you. The Holy Spirit is a person. But the Holy Spirit is not just a person. The Holy Spirit is a divine person. Turn to Acts chapter 5. And Jesus said to Ananias, You have lied to God and you have lied to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit possesses all the attributes of God. Go back to Genesis chapter 1 and you see his divine works. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. He performed the works of God. The Holy Spirit declares also to men and women that we are sinners. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. Convicts us of the fact that we are guilty sinners. My conscience tells me when I have done wrong. The Holy Spirit tells me when I have sinned against the Almighty God. Turn to Samuel, second book, chapter 12. King David said after his great sin had been discovered, I have sinned against the Lord. This is the purpose of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's purpose coming into the world was to convict men and women of sin. This is his purpose. He makes us feel our need of forgiveness. He makes us feel our need of cleansing. But he also shows us how our need can be met. He takes us to the cross of Calvary. He shows us how Jesus died in our place and through his death there is healing there is forgiveness for those who repent the purpose of the Holy Spirit was to convict men and women of sin just here I like to add a personal testimony remember coming under the conviction of God's Holy Spirit when I was a teenager hearing a man preach the glorious truths of the gospel I didn't think much to the preacher I didn't think much to what he was saying but I realised afterwards it wasn't the preacher who was speaking to my heart it was God's Holy Spirit left that service and for the weeks that followed God's Holy Spirit can continue to convict me that I was a sinner and I needed a saviour and there was a particular verse of scripture that he kept repeating in my heart and that verse of scripture comes from Genesis chapter 6 and verse 3 it says my spirit will not always strive with man my spirit will not always strive with man And he added to that verse as he repeated it to me some words from an old hymn 
Soon thy heart be cold and silent and thy Saviour's pleadings cease. Soon thy heart be cold and silent and thy Saviour's pleadings cease. A few weeks later, God, by his Holy Spirit, broke into my life. He removed the barriers that I had erected. He took me to the cross. He showed me Jesus and I saw there my Saviour. God broke in. God broke me down. From that day he came into my heart. He gave to me his Holy Spirit who has guided, directed me and strengthened me as I have journeyed along life's way. The Holy Spirit's ministry is to bring sinners to the Saviour. He performs the miracle of new birth. The Holy Spirit gives to us new life. We are born into God's family John's first epistle, chapter 3 and verse 1. That the believer has new life in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit unites the believer into the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. He baptizes the believer into the body of Christ at conversion. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body by the Spirit. Galatians chapter 3, 26, 27. By the Spirit's baptizing we are all joined to the body of Christ. He now lives in the believer. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. For you are not your, sorry, know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are not your own. You are bought with a price. And the price God paid for my redemption, for your redemption, was he gave his only begotten son, who gave his everything upon Calvary's cross for our redemption, to give us eternal life. In our place condemned he stood, sealed our pardon with his blood. And we can cry this morning, hallelujah, what a saviour. The Holy Spirit makes the believer sure of his or her union with Christ. John 14, Jesus said, he dwelleth with you, he shall be in you, and he will abide with you forever. Again in uh, John's first epistle, chapter 3, verse 24, and John's first epistle, chapter 4 and 13. Galatians chapter 4, 6. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts. And now you can cry, Abba, Father. It's tremendous to know that we can come before the great eternal God of glory, the creator of the universe, and call Him because we are now his children saved by grace. The Holy Spirit seals the believer with assurance of salvation. Romans 8, 14, 16 The Spirit, is, 
The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are children of God. God puts his mark on his people. He seals us with his ownership. We now belong to him. Think of a farmer or a rancher. They put their mark upon their cattle or upon their sheep to signify that they belong to that particular farmer or rancher. When Jesus asked his disciples whose insignia was on a particular coin, they said Caesar's. He said give to Caesar what is Caesar and give to God that which is God's. Psalm, uh, sorry, Romans 8 reminds us that the Lord knows his own. He knows you personally. If you've got a gold watch and you look, it is marked. And that mark signifies how much that gold watch is worth. 1 John 3, 1 The seal of the Holy Spirit is the mark of your worth. We read, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God, the mark of their Saviour. God comes and says to you and to me, my child, my child. The sealing is also a legal document. A legal document is sealed with a wax image. The Christian is sealed with the image of the Lord. We are saved for time and eternity. We are sealed. And no one can break that seal. No one. Sealed for time and eternity. Romans chapter 8 verse 35 we read Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written For thy sake we are killed all the day long We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter Nay in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights, nor depths, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus the Lord. We can sing that old hymn now I belong to Jesus and Jesus belongs to me not for the years of time alone but for eternity. Sealed for eternity. I love a, a little story I heard many years ago and a wonderful illustration that I have no doubt repeated here before of a little boy 
who made a boat and he was very pleased with his little boat that he had made when he went down to the seaside he took his boat to sail on the sea but unfortunately a big wave came and washed his boat away he went home very sad because he had lost what he had made many months later he was walking down the street of his hometown and he looked into a second hand shop and what did he see? he saw his boat he went in and he said to the shopkeeper you've got my boat I would like it back please the shopkeeper said I'm sorry you'll have to pay for it the little boy went home emptied his money box all that he had he went back he went into the shop and he bought his boat and as he was going out of the shop he was heard to say this speaking to his little boat he said you are mine twice over I made you and I bought you you are mine twice over and that is what God says to us you are mine I made you I bought you back you are mine twice over but the sealing of the Holy Spirit is a sealing of authority in the Old Testament Pharaoh gave to Joseph a ring showing that he had authority the king of Persia gave a ring to Mordecai God has given us not a ring he has given to us the Holy Spirit to mark us with his authority Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 5 to 6 Paul says once dead but now made alive in Christ being raised together with Christ to sit together in heavenly places given authority but with that authority comes responsibility we are sealed by the Holy Spirit if one should ask me how can I tell glory to Jesus I know very well God's Holy Spirit with mine doth agree constantly witnessing Jesus loves me the Holy Spirit anoints the believer for service 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21 now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ we are anointed by the Spirit to serve there was a promise of the Spirit the person of the Spirit the purpose of the Spirit's coming and other purposes he comes and gives power to those that belong to God power for service he works in the believer Mark 16:20. the disciples went out preaching the Lord worked with them Jesus said to his disciples John chapter 7 verse 39 out of him shall flow rivers of living water in closing we just turn to Acts chapter 2 and the power of the Holy Spirit working in a man called Peter 
the Holy Spirit came, Peter went out and he stood up before many thousands of people and he preached to them. He proclaimed Jesus crucified, risen, ascended. He proclaimed the glorious gospel that there was forgiveness to those that repented and there was the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter preached God's word with power. 3,000 people were added to the church that day. The power of God's Holy Spirit was at work. But this man, only a few days previously, had been challenged by a little girl. You are one of Jesus' disciples. No, no, he said, I'm not. I know nothing about this man. We're told that he denied it with curses and oaths. No, And yet when the Holy Spirit came, his life was transformed. The power of God worked in him and through him. And God was glorified. But that's not the only man that the Holy Spirit has worked through. All down the church ages, God has come into men and women, worked through them with mighty power. God's Holy Spirit comes to fill each and every one of us that believe with the power to witness and to serve him. He comes to fill the believer with the Spirit of the Lord for the power of service. Lionel Fletcher wrote, The Christian's birthright is the power of the Holy Spirit. You claim your birthright. We sometimes sing all over the world, the Spirit is moving. And two questions this morning I leave with you and with me. All over the world, the Spirit is moving. Is He moving in me? Is He moving in you? Am I controlled by God's Holy Spirit? Are you controlled by God's Holy Spirit? Only you can answer that question. God sent his Holy Spirit on the first day of Pentecost. We have touched though briefly on the things that the Holy Spirit has has come to do. There is very much more. But I, I again says, will say to my heart and to yours, is he moving in me? Am I controlled by him? We sing for our closing hymn, number 51.